that song. Welcome back to FTTV. Uh, we're about to review the Kate Bishop Show, otherwise known as Hawkeye. It's me, David Campbell, taking the reins today. Jack Higgins has moved into a new flat, uh, but as of yet does not have Wi-Fi. Uh, Nathan Connor is also not with us today, hoping to have her back next time. But we do have the worst panellist in FTTV with me. Still getting <laughs> <laughs> Scott, how are you? I'm all right, mate. I apologise to Brian in advance for my lack of knowledge. But, eh, yeah, I'm all right. I'm just fucking <laughs> shattered. That's fine. No, it's, it's, what's Scott Scott's uh, uh, talking about there, uh, Brian, who's the producer from the films, and uh, my creative partner in crime, uh, basically said there's no point in you guys reviewing Marvel stuff without Torres because he knows what he's talking about. And I, I probably agree, but we're going to do it anyway, <laughs> Brian, so it's fine. <laughs> but anyway, Scott, we first opened uh, the first episode, Never Meet Your Heroes. It's back in 2012. It's the Battle of New York. Um, and it's basically Kate Bishop sort of witnessing Hawkeye do Hawkeye shit. Uh, what did you make of that? Because, like, I'm, I was worried with the MCU when we get into the sort of post-Endgame era that everything's going to connect back to, oh, Thanos, Thanos, Thanos. And that's happened a couple of times in the movies. Like, he's been name-dropped. But it's good to go back to a period sort of before Thanos because things happened before fucking Purple Bollock showed up, you know what I mean? Aye, and I really like um, like going back to a big event like that and seeing someone who's just like a regular wee person on the ground. I like their perspective of bigger events happening around them. So I really enjoyed it. It was a short wee scene, but I really enjoyed it. And uh, I was a wee bit worried because Hawkeye is just a regular guy with a bow and arrow. It's a bit yeah. of a weird hero. And you've got Iron Man flying about and Thor's there. And you're like, this girl's taken by Hawkeye. Really? Like yeah. after he's shot his twelve arrows, what's he gonna do? But it's uh I, but I really like that moment. I don't know. I saw it and I was like, you know what? Fair enough. You had that you, wee hero moment and it yeah. it fits. It does fit and you've got to have people rooting for the side men. You know what I mean? Like you, you you've got to have people who love your Ringos of the world. And Hawkeye is the Ringo of the Avengers, you know what I mean? Uh but you know, he's he does his thing. We also get to meet uh, her parents here, they're sort of seem to be arguing about money. Um, Brian Darcy James plays our dad and we get the, the fucking wonderful Vera Farmiga oh, from the Conjuring movies uh, playing and Eleanor Bishop. I'm so happy to see her here. This scene, right, I don't know about you, but I think I've called something just from watching that opening. Like, as soon as I... Did you get similar vibes? Like, basically, the dad doesn't make out of this alive. We don't see the dad... The mum takes an awful long time to come and get Kate. Do you see where I'm going with this? I do. I do indeed. Interesting. Yeah. We'll find out. I've, we'll uh, find I've out. heard something about, like, he might pop up later. We don't know. Ah, right, okay. Might not actually be dead. Oh, we need to see, we need to see. But uh, Brian Darcy James, for those who don't know him, is a very good actor. Um, I very much enjoyed his work. Um, uh, 13 Reasons Why I watched the first season of that. Um, so I did like him there, but I also loved him in Spotlight, um, the Oscar, the Best Picture winner in 2015. Uh, it's a sort of smaller supporting role, but he's really, really, really good in it as well. And I remember kind of that movie, I think, in my review that I wrote about him. So happy to see him pop up in something again. Uh, but we move on from that, Scott, and it's basically Clint Barton. He's got a hearing aid in, spending time with the kids in New York, and we get to see uh, Rogers the Musical. Uh, what, <laughs> what were your thoughts on Rogers the Musical? Obviously, really weird sort of paying homage to Hamilton here, but did you enjoy the tunes? Would you would you buy the album, do you think? Oh, not a chance. I'd like to <laughs> see when they, 
the like the shot of the street and you saw the kind of advertisement on the side and like the first thing that came to my head is oh that'd be interesting to see but I don't think I'm going to see it and then like well, 20 seconds in I'm like this is painful and <laughs> I, I that's, that, that's something as well but you're just like that would be a kind of uh, I don't know a homage to him and did he be expected to sit through it and <laughs> it <just makes> <laughs> But it's kind of like if you asked Alexander Hamilton to sit through Hamilton. You know, I mean, it'd kind of be a similar vibe, but it come across as cringy. I did like the fact they added Ant-Man in there, and Hawkeye's like, he wasn't uh, even at that. But like, <laughs> 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 no, it was good, though. It was good to sort of see him interacting with the family, but we get to Kate Bishop and get meet her in the present day, and it's the first time we see Hayley Steinfeld, obviously famous for the Pitch Perfect franchise, Age of 17, a fantastic coming-of-age movie. If anyone hasn't seen it, go and check that one out. Um, and probably more recently in blockbuster terms, I'm thinking uh, Bumblebee might have been yep. the most recent one that people might know her from. But she's really good, and we see her basically fucking destroying a building for a bet in the opening uh, to our first one here. So it's, it's not a bad introduction, Scott. No, and um, do you know what I really like to actually just going back a wee bit, see the kind of credits at the beginning, and it's yeah. that kind of artsy style, and we see like her developer skills just through like that, and it's yeah. just coming up with, I thought that was really clever, and we avoid that whole kind of training montage at the same time, I love that. You don't want to hear uh, St. Elmo's Fire or uh, Hearts and Fire from Rocky Four. I, I love a good training montage, Scott. I think we've been cheated <laughs> here, personally. <laughs> like, whereas, we're, if we don't get a, a training montage in a Marvel movie soon to like cheesy 80s music, I'm going to kick up shit. You uh, got your montage in the, in the Captain America TV show. You forgetting already? Yeah, no, shoot. I know, I know, but not to like. Not to the music I wanted. You know what I mean? That's that's a big part of it. You know, I I need a I need a banger. I need a survivor classic uh, for my montages. That's that's what I want. But she goes, tells her more about the building. Uh fucking uh, Vera Farmiga seems unconcerned. She's like, Yeah, it's fine, just basically don't do it again. Uh, and we get to meet our fiance Jack, who is a, a shady character complete with evil mustache. Uh, I've got written down here. <laughs> like he is he is clearly set up to be the fall guy of this show. I do not believe for a second that he's a bad guy whatsoever. This man is being <laughs> set up like to us. <laughs> they want us to think he's the bad guy. Uh, and I'm not falling for it. But they go to a gala, Scott. And I don't know if you've seen this online whose house it is they go to. I haven't, no. Right, so if you, you don't want spoilers for anything, people, like, we're going to, I'm going to dive into minutiae here, uh, so tune out for the next, like, minute and three, two, one. Okay, you've had warning. Basically, the same building that they used for Kingpin's house in Daredevil Season 3. Oh, shit. Actually, do you know what, mate? Oh, wait, we'll get there. We'll get there. I'll see if I can remember it by the time we get yeah. there. But there's yeah. something else that's related to him that pops yeah. up later on too. Yeah, but this this is basically confirmation. And I, I, I'm not going to lie, I didn't recognise the house like when I saw it first time, but I have since read it. It came up in like, my Instagram like Discover post, you know what I mean? Some some cunts managed to work it out. So 100% we'll be getting Kingpin based on that. But she goes to the gala and Kate Bishop is an inquisitive little scamp, you know, and decides to go down to this black market auction uh, that's coming below, which is the remains from the Avengers compound, um, which is pretty interesting and makes sense considering it was absolutely obliterated in Endgame 
uh, before portals started popping up all over the place like madness. Um, so yeah, that makes sense. And all of a sudden, uh, Uncle Armand, who had previously threatened uh, Vera Farmiga's character, who I will just call Vera Farmiga's character for this entire run, by the way, um, because Mrs. Bishop is not is not something I'm going to go into. Um, but yeah, basically, people start coming in and shooting, and Kate Bishop rises to the action and starts to starts to hit them. Now, at this point, what do you make of Kate Bishop's fighting style? Because it's very sort of, it's very scrappy, you know what I mean? It's clear that she's not all there yet, but I kind of like that. And considering we we talked about it didn't make sense for Sam and Bucky to be getting beat up all the time in, in Falcon and Winter Soldier, but it makes sense the way she fights in this show. Aye, definitely. Spot on. It shows you where she is, and it shows you like that there's most likely going to be um, room for improvement where Hawkeye will come in and like bring her on a wee bit, but obviously she's not going to come in and beat up like eight guys right away. And I like yeah. seeing that, but she does take quite a few big hits, but she like keeps going. Um, yeah, I, I, it was it was well handled. Yeah, and what did you make of Uncle Armand the Third? Um, <sighs> basically coming in, threatening people, sort of evil old guys. He's, he's talking to his nephew about she's a problem. Basically, a misogynist. You know what I mean? Um, but bit of a dick, really. Yeah, but intriguing at the same time, and uh, he makes uh, he makes Jack a bit more intriguing as well. Because um, yeah. I wasn't too fussed about him at the start. I thought he was just going to play a bit of an annoying role. But again, this is where your comic book knowledge comes in, I guess, because he is a character um, from the comics, I believe. That's mm-hmm. called the Swordsman or something like that. Yeah, Jack, big Jack. There you go, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Brian, we've got the swordsman there, and well, that'll play in a bit later on if we go out of that. But basically, auctions over. The tracksuit mafia do their thing, um, and Kate Bishop uses the the droning suit to sort of defeat them and escapes with Pizza Dog. But uh, she tries to track down our man to uh, investigate further, and basically, he's been murdered in his house. Um, did you see that coming? Our man getting. I didn't. Sort of, I was expecting that it'd be a kind of running feud between him, uh, Jack, and oh, video for Yeah, yeah. <laughs> amazing in this, by the way. See who yeah. did her wardrobe. Wow, I know she's clearly they've done well at showing she is rich. You know what I mean? She she <laughs> is rich as hell with, with her wardrobe because those are those are some Vera Wang numbers there, Scott. Those are those are not pre-marked <laughs> dresses she has on. That is that is Tom <laughs> Ford has gotten into that woman's wardrobe and done some business. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, no, nah, I agree with you. And then obviously at the end, she's fleeing the tracks of mafia. Come in, uh, those those bloody Spartak Moscow ultras are getting the better of her. And then all of a sudden, who comes to save the day? It is Clint Barton. And I kind of like the the sort of Daredevil slash Batman approach, like not showing who it was that was beating them up because it kind of made. Hawkeye feel like more of a badass than we've seen in the past. Yeah, actually, I don't know why. I just thought he looked... I know he's not the biggest guy, but he looked really small to me there. I, I mm. don't know. I, th- I thought it was going to be something completely else because I, I was expecting it to be him. And then just from his height alone, I was like, who the fuck is this? But um, I thought it was a really good idea bringing back the Ronin suit because, to be honest, I'd completely forgotten about all of that. Yeah. And bringing that... Because it's a huge part of his arc and bringing that up and making it a part, like, of... It connecting the two of them, like it makes complete sense, and it was a good throwback in a way too. No, hundred percent. And there was a few emotional beats in that first episode because we have the Ronan stuff that obviously he, he has to answer for his sins, and he tried to do that. Let's not forget this man tried to try to sacrifice himself. 
you know what I mean, to make amends for those sins that he did as their own. And because, like, you can argue vigilanteism all you want, you know what I mean, like, doing it for the right cause. But at the end of the day, the man was going around the world murdering folk for the best part of five years after his family sort of disappeared, you know what I mean? Um, so basically, at that point, we have that to deal with. But we also have the bit where he sees Natasha uh, in the, the Rogers musical. Now, as much as the you might have thought it was cheesy or something like that, that was a good moment to show his grief. And hopefully, do you think that'll come back in more to play, uh, possibly when Yelena shows up later on? Oh, yeah. Well, I only realised she's going to show up today when I looked through the casting to see who Kate Bishop was, because I recognised her from Bumblebee. But yeah. um, I'm looking forward to seeing her. Like I, I didn't realise that was the case. But also, with the PTSD thing, I thought they, d- they did that really well, but it wasn't like overplayed in this big dramatic thing. Like We've seen in movies a lot of the symptoms and stuff like that. And yeah. uh, just like in the musical, and you see Natasha, and it just zooms in, and that's all you need to see to remember. Like, oh yeah, he's dealing with that. I forgot about that. Hundred um, percent. Really well done. And also another thing that's really well done before we get on to the sort of events episode to Linda Cartellini, it's clear wasn't available for a lot of shooting days for this. You know what I mean? Because uh, she's just sort of over the phone, not by herself. Maybe there's some kids in the background where. But having said that. She is such a likable actress that every interaction she has with Clint never seems forced. It appears totally natural. They seem like a really good couple and it's a really good dynamic. Do you, do you think that it will just sort of be over the phone for the season? Or what, what do you make of this dynamic so far between the two of them? Uh, I hope it's not just over the phone, obviously, because she is great, as you say. And I'm just glad that we are able to get those over the phone moments and then not just be our voice as well, because... I feel like it's important to see how she acts. Like when he calls and he says, oh, I'm going to be in New York a wee bit longer than I expected. And Mm -hmm. and she's just like understanding. And you can see that instead of just hearing like a pause over the phone or something like that, you can see that she's understanding. And then she's like, so what's the play? Because she's been with him for a long time. And like, they know they get along and they know like that he's an Avenger. He's going to be dealing with some, like some tough shit. So, yeah, like she's like asking what the plan is instead of just being like, oh, I can't believe I'm not going to be back and just getting on his case. A hundred percent. I love that too. I love that I'm, too. Glad, I'm glad, glad you said that because <laughs> it's such an easy cliche to dive into. You know what I mean? Like, oh, that's get, let's give him an hour obstacle and that. Like, we see later on when he see it sends the kids back that he promises the daughter he'll be back for Christmas Day. That's enough rather than sort of Velma getting on his back. You know what I mean exactly. as well. You know what I mean. So yeah, it's pretty good. I like that as well. So that's how she'll be Velma. She's just yeah. like in my head, Velma. She'll always be Velma. It was just because of when we grew up. You know what I mean. Like our first exposure to her was like those movies. So it's it's never going to be any different. Um, but basically, we go back. Uh, basically, Barton takes Kate Bishop back to the apartment, and they get a bit of back and forth before it's attacked by the tracksuit mafia, but. The first question to ask you, Scott, what do you make of the, the dynamic between the two of them? Are you liking their relationship in those sort of early stages? Uh, you know what I am? Um, I like that she's... Uh, I don't know. She wants to, like... She wants to learn from him, clearly. She's, like, wanting to ask all these questions and stuff, but she also wants to show that she's strong and capable herself. So, like, you can see where she's, like, on the phone. She's, like, I shouldn't be double-texting and stuff like that. But yeah. she's, like, that's her hero. And she wants to make the most of this time with him. Um, and then, obviously, they have that wee moment where he's like, this is the last time you're going to see me. 
And I thought her like acting just like on her face, not many words needed. It's just devastating to like you can see how big a blow that is for her, and she's trying to hide it. And I, th- I think they've got a really good dynamic going on right now. I'm interested to see more of it for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. You have the moment they go back to the the grand's apartment, uh, no, the aunt's apartment. Sorry, and he shows her the right way to sort of into a wound as well, uh, which, yeah, which I thought was good. That. Yeah, it's uh-huh. we learning moments, but obviously he goes back, finds the Florence suit's missing, and basically manages to track it down uh, to a LARPing event. Now, <laughs> I will say this maybe felt a bit fluffy for me about filler i don't know whether this was needed but what what was your perspective on it um it reminded me of loki a wee bit because they obviously have that i kind of reenactment scene in loki and from the past it felt pure video gamey to me as well don't know why Mm -hmm. it just did um i didn't mind it i didn't feel like it was too dragged out well, maybe a wee bit towards the end with uh, the guy who's got the suit's just like, oh, just do this one more thing for me. And you're like, can you like, yeah. okay, mate, just kind of give him it. But it didn't take up too much time for me. It didn't bother me that yeah, much. I... It was, was kind of funny. Um, yeah, it didn't bother yeah. me too much. I get what you're saying. It just, to me, it felt like we need to give Hawkeye something to do in the second episode. So let's let's send him off in this week side mission it's like a side mission that gets you like a minimum amount of money in a, in a game you know what i mean like you're not you're not getting the mega bucks for this you're not getting a weapon that will be useful for you later on you're getting a wee sack of gold for completing that side mission you know what i mean it's <laughs> like so it, I, I don't know I, I don't know if it was needed but basically kate goes to work late probably everyone just assumes she's hung over um and she's kind of uh, suspicious and doesn't doesn't like um, Jack. He, she's basically saying to him, "Oh, you can't trust him." So they go back and they have dinner, and they're basically like, "Let's fence," which is a completely normal thing to do at the dinner table. Let's let's have a, a wee fencing match. You know what I mean? Let's let's do it. And Kate's getting really frustrated because she can tell that he's holding back. She can really tell that he's not giving it his all. And then eventually, she goes to strike the head. And he manages to parry it very, very successfully. Now, what what did you make of this whole sequence? Because obviously, this cat and mouse game between between Kate and Jack, I think it's going to play out more uh, as this progresses. But it was a really good sort of revealing moment. That yeah, another dynamic this show has going for it. I think um, it's just I think again it, that kind of showcases her skill as well. Where she's she's not better than him clearly because he like parries it when he's not looking or something like that. But like she knows at the same time that he's better than he's holding back on her, really. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I know I, I I like that scene a lot. It was quite tense. And I, again, it's just like these wee small moments with him where it's just like clearly building up to like what's going on with this guy. Because yeah. he's already a wee bit sus at the start because he's in that kind of role where you'd suspect that character to be part of a bigger plot that's going to unfold later on but I he, think has a mustache, he has a mustache scott he has a he's got a fantastic mustache <laughs> and i'm he's a head of hair that i'm jealous of but uh <laughs> yeah I, yeah i thought that was really well done too no i agree i was a wee bit like how can the mum not see that he is holding back there though she, she that man must have we're talking about swords he has a shaft you know what i mean down below <laughs> because she doesn't care 
she doesn't give two flying she fucks doesn't. about it. She's like, well, you know, nobody's perfect, you know. And she's like, <laughs> but that's what makes me think she has a lot more to do with what's going on than she makes out because she's clearly no a stupid woman. So I think she's more just trying to downplay her daughter, like, okay, like get off the scent here because this is not just just Jack that's uh, that's involved in some dodgy dealings here. Hen, you know what I mean? A security company, isn't she? So surely she won't be blind to everything going on. Yeah, exactly. I think she's evil. I think I think I think she's committed. <laughs> I, I I think she's going to be the true villain of the series. Mark my words. You know what I mean? Um, you know we'll see it. We've had some dad villains in the past. Now it's time for a mum villain in the MCU. Uh, with Eleanor Bishop, Vera Farmiga, uh, what's her name from the, the Conjuring movies, man? Oh, the, the Catholic Avenger becomes the, the, <laughs> the, the MCU's villain, uh, <laughs> I'm telling you. But basically, Hawkeye's like, yeah, I'm going to get captured, do the Natasha Romanoff tactic that we first seen in the first Avengers movie, if you remember yep. that. This scene mirrors her first scene. Uh, and, uh, an awful lot yeah it's, it's really really cool because uh, phone call and everything um but basically kate tracks them down and sort of ruins the entire plan uh, when they're both talking in the tracksuit mafia and eventually they're like let me meet your boss let me meet your boss and we get a flash to their boss scott and i don't know if you know who this is yet or if you've looked it up but the actress's name is alica cox all right and she's been cast as maya lopez otherwise known as Echo in the Marvel comics. Now, the significant thing about Echo is that she is the adoptive daughter of the Kingpin in the the Marvel comics. She is heavily linked to Daredevil. And not only this, Scott, Echo is already being announced as getting her own spin-off show uh, coming (laughs) in the next year or so. So... It was a very effective introduction to a character we're going to get to know, wouldn't you say? I didn't know she was getting her on show. Yeah, you're right. I looked it up afterwards. Um, I'm just wondering how they're going to like bring Daredevil and Kingpin and all that back because obviously they've had their own shows and people are disappointed they were cancelled and wanted more seasons. Mm. But I, I don't know if they're going to get as much as that. I th- I'm wondering if it will just be held Shut back to like showing up. Show kind of thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know because okay, a bit disappointing. Charlie Cox is heavily, heavily rumored to show up in a uh, Spider-Man as well. So as Daredevil. So heavily. So I don't know, but it's interesting because this seems to open the door to a lot going forward. You know what I mean? Um, especially with the Vincent D'Onofrio Kingpin rumors. But she looks cool in her own right. And I will say, because obviously uh, we got Macari in Eternals. This is another death character uh, coming into the Marvel comics. So good for that sort of um, representation uh, in terms of disabled people. And it's also, it's another really, you know, interesting facet to these characters. We're getting to see a lot coming in here. Um, so I am looking forward to what the future holds for Echo. But Scott, overall, you're satisfied with the, the first two episodes of Hawkeye? Surprisingly so, mate. Uh, yeah, because I think like quite a lot of people, Hawkeye's viewed as a kind of dud Avenger. It's not very exciting, but um, I like, mm. I like, yeah, this shows. I, I like. I think his character deserves more of this slowed down setting because he's not going to be. He doesn't fit in with the big blockbuster thing to me as like Iron Man and all that. Um, I like he's more kind of 
reserved approach where she's telling him, like, oh, can you, we need a kind of almost a Captain Avenger. She's trying to put that on him at some point. I felt, yeah, where she's like, you you inspire, but you don't, but you don't. But what the world needs right now is someone who's going to go out there and be like on a poster and inspire. But yeah. you you inspire in a kind of reserved, cool way. Uh, you don't want to be out there, but right now that's not what the world needs. And yeah, and I uh, I like his approach. Like he just wants to get on with his family and stuff like that. And when like the waiter comes down, small moments like that where he's like, like the waiter's like it's on us, and he's like it's not necessary and stuff. I just like seeing like smaller beats like that with his character where I feel like you wouldn't see that in a big blockbuster movie like Avengers. 100%. We really get to know who Clint Barton is here with those, and like you say, small moments so far, because as much as the show is called Hawkeye, it very much feels as if this show is going to be a passing of the torch, because you're talking about it there. I think that Kate Bishop could be that person who's on the posters. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Could be going in fucking Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel and all that, doing all this stuff for the the Avengers PR. And Hawkeye just wants to be left well the fuck alone. You know what I mean? Like, off in the countryside, he's trying to retire, like, more times than I can count these days. You know what I mean? So uh, I do do like where the show is going. I hope that everyone listening enjoyed the show at home. And hopefully, uh, let's make predictions for the time they're back. Do you think that... Torres will like it. I actually think that's an easier answer, but the harder answer is, is this, <laughs> is this a Jack Higgins show? Is he going to have his gripes? Is he going to come in here all curmudgeonly uh, when we next do this, or do, or do you think he's going to enjoy it too? I'm sure he will have his gripes, but I, I think overall for the most of it, they, they'll both enjoy it, especially Torres with its, uh, yeah. its, its dive into like, some more kind of obscure comic book knowledge, I'd guess. Yeah, um, I can imagine Torres sitting at home watching it, rubbing the hands together. You know what I mean? <laughs> Seeing some of these connections coming in. Because that man, he's a Daredevil fan. You know what I mean? And more than that, he's a Punisher fan. I think Torres will just see... I mean, if Daredevil can come back, surely, surely a god the Punisher can come back. Will he be his yeah. approach to it? That's what I'd be after. More than anyone else, I want a Punisher back for the Netflix series. Definitely. Yeah, he, he's so good. And I, I watched... Um, I went to see King Richard the other night, the new Will Smith movie, and John Bernthal's in that. He's he's just such a good actor, man. He's so fucking funny. Like I really, really loved him in that movie. So, but anyway, I digress. Thank you, Scott, for coming on. I hope you've enjoyed yourself of again. Yeah, <laughs> you guys, we will see you. I uh, will review episodes three and four. So, see you in a couple of weeks. Until then, cheerio. Yeah, stop.